Welcome to the Ambitious Introvert Podcast, created especially for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to help you build, grow, and scale a successful, sustainable business. I'm your host, Emma Louise Parks, business and mindset coach for ambitious introverts. After 17 years working as an air traffic controller, the ultimate fast-paced, high-stimulus, extrovert-friendly role, my mission now is to show introverts that they too can create big results and success because of who they are, not in spite of it. I focus on introvert-friendly business and marketing strategy to help you switch overwhelm for clarity, confidence, and clients. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast. And we have not discussed PR for a long time. I think Marielle Laguerre was the last time we talked about any kind of like public speaking or public relations. So I thought it was about time to showcase this. If you are looking for that credibility, you are looking to reach your ideal clients and you are looking to really optimize your brand, then it is absolutely one of the best ways to do so. You may be thinking, but I'm an introvert. How do I make this work? And luckily, we have the beautiful Lisa Simone Richards here to tell us all about it. I wish this was a video podcast because you look so stunning. Thank you. I appreciate that. First thing in the morning. Yeah, early morning for you and, and still and still looking amazing. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. And I know we're going to have such a fun conversation. Like everyone's just lucky to get to listen to us talk because if the pre-report's any indication, this is going to be great. Oh, it's going to, we're going to be full of it. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm going to describe it. Full, full of beans. So please introduce yourself formally and tell my audience a little bit about you and what you do in your business. Of course. Hello to everyone who's listening today. My name is Lisa Simone Richards, but you can call me Lisa. I'm a PR and a visibility strategist, and I work with online coaches who want to get seen everywhere. Like, don't let that scare you if you're a little more introverted. But really, at the end of the day, the truth is, if you're the best kept secret, people aren't going to know about you and they can't work with you. So the way that I love to support my clients is by helping them leverage other people's platforms. So what that means is I help them get interviews on podcasts, interviewed on morning television, writing articles for various publications or being interviewed for articles. Really, the whole thing is that there is somebody out there who has all your ideal clients hanging out, whether it's at a conference, listening to a podcast, watching a TV show. And I help my clients figure out, okay, where's that place for me to get featured? Who do I need to know to get access to it? And what's a message of value that I can bring so that I get an enthusiastic yes, and I just get to show up and you know, leverage this audience and then bring them back into my world. I love that. And I love the term a message of value. Can we can we dig into that before we do anything else? Oh, 100%. If there's one mistake that I see people make when it's putting themselves out there, it's that they're not leading with value. So I could go on this tangent for a long time. Ask me anything. So if anyone's listening, they like, well, yeah, I don't know what to say. Like I'm pitching to podcasts or I would like to write articles, but I don't know what I'd write about or why would they be interested? How do they know where to start? Yeah. Okay, great. So one of the things that I recommend, and I always have my clients do this, and I'm sure that some of you listening, they roll your eyes when you hear this because you've done it before, but I always recommend from the jump, let's start with a strong foundation as if we were building a house. We're not just going to build a pretty kitchen. Let's start with a strong foundation. Ask your clients, the people you have loved working with, when it comes to your area of expertise, what are their fears, their frustrations, their wants, and their aspirations? If you can understand those four things, 
their fears, their frustrations, their wants, and their aspirations, and you can create a message that's going to solve the problem that they have, that's an amazing way to lead with value and attract people to you and magnetize them to you versus feeling like, hey, I have this program, I have this offer, chasing people with it to get them to be interested. If you can lead with value, it actually creates intrigue and it has people asking you more. So one of the things I love seeing, you know, really a brief example I can give, when people are thinking about what can I use as my message, I'm a fan of a lather, rinse, repeat message. I'm a publicist. I want to do this PR stuff all day. You're a business owner. You've got a lot of other things on your plate and you do not want to do this all day. So really at the crux of coming up with your messaging, do you have a process, a system, a methodology that you could just talk about over and over and over again that kind of gives people an overview of your process and how you create transformation for them? An example of this is one of my clients, Nora. She's a fertility coach, so she helps women get pregnant. She has her four R's for eating to get pregnant. I butcher this sometimes, Nora, please don't be listening. (laughs) Briefly, her four R's, because she specializes in nutrition and gut health, it's to remove inflammatory foods, replace them with healthy foods, repair your gut, and rebalance your like internal flora or whatever the term is there. But she talks about those four R's from podcast to podcast to podcast. She talks about it until she's blue in the face. But what's really awesome is when people book calls with her and they're thinking about working with her, they know those four R's because she's talked about them over and over again. So that's a great way to start with your messaging and just take it to different places. So I think a great line that I learned from Lisa Sasevich that I can sum up here is don't change your talk, change your audience. Have a new message and use it over and over again and just put it in front of new people. What's really interesting there is I think in the online space, there is so much about creating your niche, which is so valuable. Like having a niche is extremely valuable. However, there is still more, you know, more that needs to be refined afterwards. Oh, there's a cat. Hi. She hears me on call and joins in. I'm surprised mine hasn't come Mimi usually does one pass across the camera as well. I, I'm going to have to start doing video podcasts for you guys because you always hear me talking about cats on the screen. But there's so much to refine after just having a niche. Like I can go, oh, I work, you know, I'm a business coach for introverts, empaths and highly sensitive entrepreneurs and that's great. But then if people don't understand what am I doing? What methodology am I taking them through? What stage of business are they at? What actually do I support them with? It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'll always remember so clearly is I just mentioned Lisa Sasevich in the line, don't change your talk, change your audience that I want to give her credit for. I remember being at her live uh, Speak to Sell Bootcamp in 2017. And at the time, my PR agency was working exclusively with health, fitness and wellness business owners. So just by, you know, laws of the universe, everyone I happened to meet was a personal trainer. So I remember at that event, people would be like, I'm a personal trainer, I'm a personal trainer, and I would meet them. And one woman named Martise Moore, who I've never even talked to since the event, but I just remember her because she introduced herself so well. She shared with me, I'm a personal trainer who works with runners that want to shave 10 minutes off their marathon time. And I was running my first half marathon that August, which I will never do again. I don't like running for two hours for sure. But when she said that, I was like, I'm running my first half marathon and my goal is to do it in two two hours and 20 minutes. I didn't hit my goal. But I was interested. I was like, tell me more about how you work with people because just the way she introduced herself, I was hooked. I was interested. She captivated me. If I wasn't a runner, I wouldn't ask her more questions. And that's fine because I'm not her audience. So when you can have that kind of clear messaging, all of a sudden it goes from push marketing where you're pushing yourself on other people to pull marketing because now they're like, tell me more. I'm intrigued. Mm, I love that. And from a customer stroke client point of view, yeah, that is so powerful, like you say, because as the runner, you're going to go, ooh, yeah. 
But if we flip it more to, say, a business to business point of view, let's just say you, Lisa, are, you know, sending me a pitch to appear on my podcast, which, which actually happened. This is a true story. That's why we're here today. But how do we kind of articulate that to another person whose platform we would like to use? Yeah, I think a really simple way to be able to do that is if you can probably fill in the blanks of the sentence I'm coming up with on the spot, you're in a good place. Imagine I'm saying this to a podcast host. Imagine I'm saying this to you. Emma Louise, your listeners want to create XYZ, whatever that thing is. And I just learned that from looking at the summary of this show. I would love to share with them how to get earned media. And at the end of the episode, they're going to leave knowing how to one, two, and three. I've just painted the picture for you. I've shared that I've paid attention to who you are. I'm not just sending a copy and paste thing all over the place. I understand the mission of your show and I understand what they want to do. So here's how I can contribute some value to it. And I'm not just going to talk and make noise. At the end of an episode, these are going to be the takeaway for your listeners. Would that be of interest? That If you can answer that, somebody on the other hand is on the other side, sorry, they're going to have, you've made it easy for them. They don't need to think about what this could look like. Now they clearly understand and they can make that clear decision. Is this helpful or is this not helpful? If you hand me an episode of the podcast and explain to me why it's going to be valuable to my audience in particular, that's it for me. So, you know, you're in and about, I get about 40 pitches a month and probably one or two do that. So many of them start off and they go, I would love to be on your podcast. Or they go, hi, I did this, had this story, this terrible thing happened, and then I overcame adversity and now I'm a billionaire or whatever. And I'm like, it's not a story. It's not a story podcast. Like you've not listened to it. Or my favorite one, I think, is someone that really liked it and, and listened to it and then wanted to talk about careers, my podcast for entrepreneurs. So it's like, I, you, it feels like a battle sometimes because people are just sending random things in the hope of getting on. And I'm like, I don't see how this can benefit my audience. I'm very protective of my audience. And I'm of like, of course, if it doesn't help and benefit them and they're not going to get value, then no. Here's a really good litmus test for anybody who's thinking about sending a pitch, asking to be interviewed on a podcast, TV show, whatever it might be. Before you hit send and send that out the door, skim through the left margin of your page. How many paragraphs begin with I, me, or my? And if you're seeing I, me, or my over and over again, guess what? You've made it all about you. And guess what? The person on the other side doesn't know you. They have other things going on today. They're not invested in what you want. So chances are they may hit delete. You can say the exact same thing, but change it from I would love to teach your audience to your audience would love to learn about, and here's what I can show them. Now we've led with making it about them versus making it about ourselves. Same content at the end of the day, but now we're just coming from a place of service versus I want to get. <laughs> yes, me, 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 me. So a lot of my audience and you know most of my clients are very familiar with podcasts. A lot of my clients appear on podcasts. It's, you know, a lot of them have podcasts. It, it, that's our kind of world. But you mentioned TV. Like that feels like a whole other level of visibility as an introvert. How does that generally work? Do people come to you and go, I want to be on TV? Or do you say, hey, let's pitch to TV? And they go, what? You know what? For me, a lot of it comes down to two things I want to understand about a person. Because when it comes to online business, we're seeing so much cookie cutter stuff that it's just not real and it's not true and it's not fair. We're all different people with different goals and different personalities. So what I like to understand before I work with anybody is what are your goals for your business? 
Are you looking to build brand awareness, which means I need to put you in front of your client? Are you launching something, which means you need to generate buzz so people are hearing about it over and over again? Or are you looking to create credibility so that, you know, your name is said in the same sentences as the people whose courses you've bought and whose conferences you attended? I call that the ABCs of visibility, awareness, buzz, and credibility. The second thing that I need to understand is who are you as a person? Are you more of an introvert? And the idea of being on camera is terrifying. Maybe written media is a good place for us to get started. So, you know, you're a perfectionist, can write an article, double check it a few days later, send it to somebody else for feedback before you submit it. Then maybe we'll move you up to podcasts where you're having a conversation. Right now we're on camera so we can see each other's cues, but other people are going to see this. And I know that everyone listening to the show has had a conversation successfully before. So we can keep building that confidence and then work our way up to being seen. So no, you don't have to go off the deep end from the jump. I... You know what? I used to be more introverted when I was younger, and I've kind of grown more extroverted, although I very much prize solo time. You could throw me on stage in front of 3,000 people, and I will waltz out there and be like, hey, guys, put your phones down. I'm here. Let's all pay attention to me. I'm willing to bet that for most people listening to this show, that's their nightmare. So that's not what I would recommend for them. So always about stretching people and having them hit their next level, but we don't need to strangle anyone. I love that. And yeah, I'm thinking back to my own journey. And the first few things I did was submit some articles to, you know, I post my own articles on like LinkedIn or Medium and then be like, oh, maybe I'm going to pitch to like authority or Thrive or I think, oh, what did I use? Ink was one of the first ones as well. So, but it, it was a slow process. Like I didn't just be like, yeah, let's get me everywhere. It was like, what can I do? And then feel more confident and even like you said, credibility, even give myself some credibility to be like, oh, okay, people like what I've written. I can now approach someone else. Exactly. And one of the things is, you know, I, I refer to it as the ladder of publicity, moving up from written content to audio content to visual content, because with each step, your confidence is growing. But one of the things I love to remind people of is before anyone hires to work with you, before they take out that credit card, chances are they are going to Google you. Like, I literally don't even go for sushi without Googling a restaurant. That's only 20 bucks out of my wallet, never mind thousands of dollars. So how powerful is it when that prospective client Googles you and sees you not only showing up on your own social platforms, not only showing up on your own website, but now you've been featured here and there and they're developing this layer of, oh, okay, this person isn't just any other coach. They're obviously an expert because they've been trusted and featured in X, Y, and Z places. So that helps them feel that more sense, a higher sense of security and confidence in hiring you because you are recognized as an authority. For me as well, I think it's really great when I have either written articles or appeared on other people's podcasts. It's great to share with my audience. Like it's, it's still relevant content to them, but I created it somewhere else and I'm able to go, hey, go and support this person's podcast. I was a guest on it. We had a great conversation and they're going to hear something from a different perspective. And the same way, like oh, I've written an article because I don't write a ton of blogs or, you know, long form posts. So for me to go, I've written a long article, go and read it. Like it's just a different way for them to experience what I'm talking about. And one of the things I would love to even hone in on there, you know, as I talked about, you know, written content, audio content, and visual content is to also consider this is what I call a media mix, a healthy media mix, because people like to consume content differently. Somebody might prefer to read something where somebody else would prefer to watch it and another person might prefer to listen to it. So even if you can make sure you're heard about in one place, submitted an article somewhere else, and maybe did a TV appearance or even a Facebook live somewhere else, now, no matter how someone likes to consume content, you're showing up in each of those three ways. 
So would you say that a number of the clients you've worked with have been more introverted and sensitive? Hmm, that's a great question. I would say, you know what, a lot of them do have a certain level of extroversion to them. But you know what, I think what the thing that they all have in common is, most of them have in common, is getting that first ask out the door is a, a stretch. And once okay. they get yeah. that snowball rolling, then they get more comfortable. I think about a client that I worked with, Shaheen. She's absolutely wonderful. She helps parents out with mindfulness. And we'd been working together for about three out of three months out of my six-month program. And I was like, Shaheen, we wrote the pitch. You got to hit send. She's like, ugh. And every Tuesday, we say our declarations in the group. And on Thursday, I come in and I'm like, well, did we do it? So, you know, we were sitting there. She hit send and it was gone. And she got a yes. And then she hit send again, and then she hit send again. And now she's been on five or seven different podcasts. So it was just like the confidence they had got that first one. But once the, the snowball starts rolling, then it becomes way easier. That makes so much sense. I actually said to one of my clients a few months ago, she wanted to do podcasts and she's very articulate. It's a great medium for her. And she was being too perfectionist about like, oh, that, you know, I don't know if the audience is quite right on this one. And I'm not sure if this is. And I was like, just do it. Because once you've done it, you're going to feel so confident. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily perfect, but it's almost like that. Get, get in the ball rolling, like you say, once you've got the momentum, it's so much easier. Yeah. And something I find I say to my clients over and over again, it's first isn't final. First podcast pitch you write, it's not going to be perfect. First podcast interview you do, probably going to be your worst. Like, let's just get over that. Let's accept that from the jump. Because with everything, once we do it more and more and more, we get better. First time we tried to walk, it didn't go so well for most of us, I'm sure. First time we tried driving. But after we got that repetition, do we even think about it anymore? So imagine what future you six months from now is going to think like, oh, I have another podcast interview, okay? Like, I remember my first podcast interview, I rented the theater room in my condo. I bought a Yeti mic. Like, I had pillows around me. Like, we were in, you know, first one. And now I'm like, oh, okay, let me just pop on some earbuds. Let's have a conversation. It's cool. Let's go. So your comfort is going to grow. Just think from that perspective of six months from now, Lisa will be so proud of herself that she did that. You know, one of the things when I was first starting out that my coach did, she liked to gamify things for me <laughs> to keep me interested. That was fun. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. You'll love this. I wanted to be on podcasts. So she set me a task of pitching to podcasts and getting 30 rejections because she said, otherwise I wouldn't aim high enough with the types of podcasts that I was pitching to. So of course I had to accept the challenge and literally pitch to podcasts that I thought there's no way these podcasts are going to have me on as a guest. And do you know what? Most of them did. I have the wheels turning now. Number one, I'm like, can I create a game like, you know, move people yes. on the board through the mentorship program to make people actually like keep playing and moving forward? Love that. And also the idea of failing forward. You know what I mean? Like developing that thicker skin. Put yourself out there, get the rejections, but what are you going to get along the way? So, you know, something that I love to share with people is I have the goal of always booking 10 podcast interviews a month. In January, I sent 50 podcast pitches. Do you know how many rejections I got? Do you know how many deletes I got? 38. And I'm a publicist who's been doing this for 20 years. But you know what? I got 12 yeses. I met 12 incredible people, had 12 wicked conversations, got to influence 12 audiences to hopefully get more eyes on their business. So what if a few people, it wasn't the right fit? That's completely fine. It was worth it to be able to get on the other side. Exactly. It's not making the no into a story. It's not making the no mean anything about you or your worth. It's just 
you know, people reach out to me all the time who are great, like you did a while ago, and I, I'm not recording. So, you know, the autoresponder clearly says I'll reach out when I'm recording. And people probably think, yeah, right. And then I reach out and they're like, oh, okay. But, you know, our timeframes don't always align straight away. So it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean they did a bad pitch or I don't want them on the show. It just means that I'm not recording right now. That's the number one thing I have to remind myself all of the time. It's not personal. And I follow up. If I haven't heard back from someone, I'll do it. Hey, I checked and just was about to listen to the latest episode. Just want to follow up on what I sent last week. If it's a fit, let me know. It means nothing about me. Maybe the other person's in a launch. Maybe I ended up in a spam filter. Who? Maybe something huge is going on in their personal life. It has nothing to do with me. And once you take that pressure off, it makes it a lot more, I'm not going to say easier, but maybe almost even more comforting. Yeah, I agree. And it, it kind of makes it fun then because it's like, ooh, let's see, you know, let's see if I get a response from this person rather than, oh, if they don't respond, it means I'm terrible. Exactly. Uh, perspective is everything. And we get to choose that. So how fun. So I love that. So before we start to wrap up, I would love to know, person that is brand, 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 brand new, listening to this going, this feels exciting. This is somewhere I would like to take my business, but oh, this also feels like a big jump. I've never been published anywhere. Where is the best place for them to start to investigate opportunities? Easy answer. I have two things I'll recommend. The first one is to go on Google and type in write for us, W-R-I-T-E, write for us in your industry, write for us business coaching, write for us relationships, write for us money, write for us keto. And what's going to come up are a number of sites that are looking for contributors just like you in your area of expertise. So they may not be the biggest, sexiest names, but we're just getting started. We're building our portfolio. We're testing. We're getting better. And then we'll go for the big names. So that's a great way to just have a bunch of options literally fall into your lap thanks to Google as places you could contribute content to rather than posting it, say, on your own blog or on your own site. The second thing I would recommend is to head over to a website called helpareporter.com. And this is a site called Help a Reporter Out. And what it does is it pairs journalists, so people who are writing articles for websites, magazines, newspapers, et cetera, with sources. And that's what you are. You're an expert in your industry. You're a source. So three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening, you will get an email saying, hey, a reporter from Forbes is looking for someone to cover this. A reporter from Pop sugar is looking for someone like this. And if that's your niche, hit reply, respond immediately. Do not wait till it's perfect. Do not wait till the deadline. Be the two things my mom always asked me not to be fast and easy. Write back something point form that someone could copy and paste in an article. Um, and that's a great way to have media opportunities land in your inbox. One of my clients, Jennifer, she responded to a query from Help Reporter. Uh, it was for a website called Pop Sugar. Uh, it's the biggest site for millennials off health, fitness, and wellness. More visitors per month than Vogue, CNN, and Refinery29 combined. She had she responded to a query, got featured in an article, developed a good relationship with the editor, ended up in eight different pieces on Pop Sugar. So how cool when someone's Googling, uh, do I want to work with her as my trainer? She showed up there. And what's really fun is Pop Sugar on their Instagram account, they do live fitness workouts with some of their fitness people. And they had reached out to Jennifer and asked if she would like to host one. And at the time, Pop Sugar's account was just shy of a million followers. Jennifer doesn't have a million followers. <laughs> so that would be huge exposure for her. And we know it's not getting in front of a million followers. If it got in front of 10% of that audience, 100,000 people, no sad story. 1% of their audience, still not a sad story. <laughs> I got my first feature through Helper Reporter, so I'm really glad you mentioned it. And it was, I think the key there is, like you say, reply quickly. 
they're usually on deadlines. They just want a sound bite or a bit of information. And mine ended up being insider. I was like, okay, I'll take it. This is great. And now you can, uh, you have that logo on your website. You can put it on your social media bio and it doesn't, it never gets taken away from you. I was actually uh, speaking with another podcast host the other day and she was sharing with me, you know what? I actually always did take my time to come up with something thoughtful and could respond to it. I'm like, the first person who responds with something they can use is in and they're deleting everything else. They are not sifting through a hundred responses to be like, which one's the best? Or like, this one will do good, done, next thing. Yeah, we have to get over our perfectionist tendencies there. I will. Oh, it's huge. I will drop links for both of those in the show notes as well. So anyone listening, if you want that information, I'll make sure you've got that in the show notes. Lisa, before I let you go, obviously, I'm going to ask you for your recommendation for a book which would help my audience of ambitious introverts to grow or scale their online business. My favorite book that I remember the first time my husband and I went on vacation, we were laying by the pool and he's like, Lisa, come in. I'm like, hold on, I got to keep reading this. The book that I sent to all my clients when they start working with me is The 12 Week Year. And I'm so sorry that I cannot remember the name of the author right now. I can't remember. You know it. Yeah, yeah, I I got it on Audible and I can't remember his name either. Well, uh, uh, Brian Monaghan, maybe? Anyways, Google The 12 Week Year. We will link it in the show notes. We'll find his name. Perfect. Thank you. Sorry to the author. I love your book. The 12 week year. I, I'm not what's up the other day, yesterday, someone asked me, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I was like, that's a long ways away. I don't know what's happening in 10 years. So I like the 12 week year because as much as you even want to do is a six month plan, an annual plan, things are always shifting. We have, they're good ideas and theories, but shifting is going to happen. So I love the principle of designing my business. I guess I have a longer term vision, but really tactically breaking down what I want to create in the next 12 weeks, reverse engineering how I'm going to get there. That's what helps me get to the longer term goals. So the 12 week year is my number one favorite business book. Perfect. We will link that in the show notes too. I feel like we could have talked a lot more and I know there's so much more to cover. Will you come back another episode and delve even more into PR? Oh my gosh, I would be honored to. What are like, my goodness, I pitched and I got a yes and I'm invited back. I'm so grateful for that. Please, I would love to share more. I just think it's such a great topic and with the time we have, we can only scratch the surface, but I know that there's so many great resources already just from this episode that my audience are going to take away. So thank you, Lisa, so, so much for your time. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast with me, Emma Louise Parks. If you enjoy this show, please, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, one lucky reviewer each month will win a 60-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, where you'll get the clarity and confidence to attract your ideal clients. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share and help me reach as many fellow ambitious introverts as possible.